I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine, and right now we are about to officially start the holiday season. Thanksgiving is just a few days away, and with it also brings the launch of the 34th Celebration in the Oaks at City Park. This beloved tradition, like many things this year, is going to be a little different. So with me today to talk about that is Dr. Robert Becker, who has told me I can, I can call him Bob, <laughs> who has been the CEO of City Park since 2001. Welcome, Bob. Well, thanks, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Um, so last year, we were honored to feature you as one of our executives of the year, and that was kind of in tribute to all of the work that you've done for the park, especially um, with the adoption of the new master plan following uh, Hurricane Katrina. That plan um, served as a blueprint for the recovery of the park, which lost more than 2,000 of its incredible trees. Um, but last year, the plan was for you to retire. That plan changed, right? Well, like a lot of things with uh, COVID, you know, there's a lot of uh, unexpected things that, that occur. And I was scheduled to, re to retire in March. However, the restrictions that were put in place to combat the virus you know, destroyed really the park's revenue base. So our board here asked me if I would stay on another year to help the park navigate uh, this situation, which I uh, obviously have uh, agreed to do. And uh, I'm really um, thankful for the work that our staff has done here and our board members have done to get the park through a very difficult period. So, um Let's, let's back up just a little bit and talk about what the park means to the city. It's, it's 167 years old this year. Yes, this, this park um, actually had its origins in 1850 in the estate of John McDonough. Um, so, you know, you could say it's 170 years old. Um, it formally was recognized in a park four years later as a result of a, of a court case. So it's one of the oldest public parks in the United States. It's also one of the largest public parks in the United States at uh, 1,300 acres, which is almost twice as big as Central Park in New York. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and it's gone through, there's been a lot of changes in recent years and a lot of new additions. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know we've been, we've been frequenters of City Putt um, as, one of, as one of the additions, but. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. We, you know, right before Hurricane Katrina, the park adopted a new master plan, and um, which specified all the kinds of improvements that the park wanted to make, uh, and looked uh, looked forward to a different financial model to support uh, the, the park's activities. So that plan uh, was scheduled to cost about 115 million dollars, and then Hurricane Katrina hit a few months after we adopted the plan. So we had to add the damage, which was over $40 million direct damage to the park um, to that cost. So it, you know, the plan itself ended up 
with the damage costing over 160 million. So we spent the last 15 years uh, implementing that plan, raising money, you know, fixing things, building new things in the park um, to implement the, the plan. And we've been very, very successful at that. Um, the, you know, in, a, in addition to City Putt, which, uh, which you and I'm sure a lot of people enjoy, we've made major investments in the amusement park and in the botanical garden. Uh, we've reduced the acres in the park that golf occupied. Golf was a major funder of the park's activity, so we reduced uh, our golf courses from four to two so that we could have more space in the park to do other things that people wanted. And the big lake uh, area and the festival grounds and the site of the Children's Museum, those were all made possible because we reduced the acres um, devoted to golf. And then we repaired our North Golf Course after Hurricane Katrina and we built a brand new championship uh, golf course, um, both of them off of Fillmore. So although golf occupies half of the land that it occupied before, it's still a primary generator of revenue for the park last year generating about $4 million of the park's uh, $22 million operating budget. So um, we've, we, you know, we've made a, a tremendous investment in the, in the physical facilities. And we've also, we've planted over 7,500 trees in, in, uh, in the park. And uh, we've taken care of our lagoons and planted rain gardens and bioswales. Um, you know, to, uh, to address environmental uh, issues in the park. We've built over three miles of jogging and walking and biking uh, uh, trails in the, uh, in, in the park so that those people who wanted to do that as a form of exercise had a way to do that. And frankly, when we look now at the use of the park, following all the restrictions put in place once, once Governor Edwards issued his stay at home order in March, we see a tremendous number of people coming into the park for mental health break and uh, to enjoy the beauty of this magnificent park. And, you know, all the biking and walking trails and that that we have built are, you know, just getting, in, you know, incredible use. And so it, it makes us feel very glad that the things that we have built and um, things that we have renovated have, have really served the public in this uh, very difficult time. So when you talk about us, what what is the the team behind City Park look like? Well, the team behind City Park's a little smaller uh, than it was uh, in March. Um, we we had um, about 116 full-time employees. We now have 78 full-time employees because we had been forced to furlough and then lay off about a third of our staff because uh, we just didn't have the revenue to support them uh, because the restrictions had closed most of the ge revenue generating facilities uh, in the park. And um, between March um, and June, the park is on a, a fiscal year, state fiscal year, July 1 through June 30th. Through the last uh, third of the fiscal year, the park lost over $3 million direct revenue that we didn't get. And we lost another uh, million dollars in July and August, um, again, because so many of the things that generate the most revenue in the park uh, were closed. So we're a little smaller than we were uh, before. We've come to rely uh, heavily on those, on, on those people, the support of our board members who have uh, been tireless in raising money 
uh, for the park. We've launched a, with the Friends of City Park, our support organization, a new volunteer program for people to come in and be able to volunteer their time uh, to help us take care of the park given our reduced uh, staff uh, capacity uh, here. Um, so I think even though we're two thirds of what we were, I think the effort at uh, fundraising and volunteerism that has occurred has helped us keep this park in really good shape. And, um, you know, so even now we're recovering from the latest, latest hurricane uh, and cleaning up debris in the park and uh, making it useful for people to um, be able to come and, you know, do the activities that, uh, that they like. So uh, it's been a, a stressful period for us and in many ways, um, it's a little like Hurricane Katrina without the physical damage. You know, that when Hurricane Katrina hit, it wiped us out and closed all of the revenue facilities in the parks. So we had to lay off 90% of the park staff and, you know, that was a very a difficult time and it, it's taken us this time to rebuild. COVID, while not the physical damage, had the same financial damage virtually in that it prevented us from raising the revenue that we need to operate the park. And this is uh, a park that we refer to as a 90-10 park. 90% 90 of our money comes from self-generated revenue in the park. 10% comes from the tax, part of the tax the state has allowed us to receive. So when you can't have large gatherings and there's a limit on sizes, well then we can't open the amusement park. We can't uh, hold events and festivals and weddings and other things that have generated the bulk of the park's revenue. So, um, so in some ways, it's been a little like a Hurricane Katrina without the uh, without the physical uh, uh, damage. Uh, um, and we have tried to respond in the same way, which is, you know, hunker down, get tough, um, have the remaining people uh, that you have um, do a lot of additional work, open the facilities that you can, abide by the public health restrictions. And, um, and seek help from um, our fundraising efforts and from the state. Um, we're a state agency, so we expect the expected the state to step up and assist us like they did after Katrina. And, um, and they recently have uh, appropriated uh, some additional funding for us out of the state general fund to help us ride through this, uh, through this period. So, um, I mean, we, you talked in the beginning a little bit about just what a, a unique treasure this is as far as um, the size and scope of the park. And um, it really is something that, you know, we can be really proud of, but it, it's also very unusual in the way that it's funded. So you had talked about that 90-10 split, but that's not how most parks are funded. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, most public parks in this country receive 65 to 75 percent of their operating revenue from a public tax source, most often either a property tax or a sales tax. Uh, we don't have that model here. We, as I said, we're 90-10. Uh, we have to raise 90 percent of our money through uh, the revenue that we make in the park. And when times are good uh, and all of the revenue uh, measures are operating properly. It's a great deal for the citizens of the state um, as they only really have to put up 10% of the operating revenue. But when times are bad, like after Katrina and with the COVID 
crisis, it calls for the state to come in and support um, facilities like ours to allow time for the operating revenue to regenerate. And that is what we have been working on since March, really. And in the last uh, second special session of the legislature in October, the state did allocate $2.5 million to us to help us overcome the loss of revenue and frankly, keep the park open and keep all aspects of the park open uh, through uh, the next legislative session, which we will again ask the state for help. As I mentioned, after Katrina, the state put us in the operating budget for four years before we were able to regenerate enough of our uh, revenue generating capability uh, to be on our own. And it, it will take um, several years of state assistance to put the park back on its financial footing um, uh, as well. And some of your listeners may recall that in May of 2019, there was a property tax referendum in the city and it reallocated existing millages among the park and recreation agencies. And City Park is expected to get about $2 million of property tax revenue um, in March of 2021. So, um, so when that revenue begins to come in, comes in sort of year long, that will also assist us and support us um, with some public tax dollars. Okay. And I mean, so speaking of supporting the, the park, um, we have Celebration in the Oaks coming up and it, it's going to be a little different. Uh, instead of wandering around, you're going to have a driving tour, but that's something that you used to do. Is that right? Yeah, we used to um, do both a walking and a driving tour at Celebration. Uh, and then uh, we stopped the driving tour after Katrina because it had destroyed um, all the electrical infrastructure that you needed to, to hold it. So this year, uh, obviously with the restrictions that are in place against group gatherings and all that, we determined pretty early on we could not do celebration as we would, as we would normally do, which is a, a walking tour uh, through the garden, botanical garden and the amusement park, and that we would bring back the driving tour. Um, and, that's what we, and that's what we have done um, we will start on Thanksgiving night um, and run through the holiday season. Um, you will um, take about a two-mile uh, drive through the park. You'll see uh, over a million lights on various exhibits that are on the ground, in the trees. Um, and I think it's a pretty spectacular show. And um, another difference this year is that you can't just show up in your car. You have to go online and get uh, pick a day and a time that you want to see the event and and register uh, for the event. This is consistent with so many other yes. uh, group events where they've been allowed to hold where you have time ticketing. So that's what we have uh, here. And, um, and we've had a great response so so far with people signing up and picking their day and their time and, uh, and then, um, you know, a, a, a driving through. For those people who are interested in doing that, which we hope is a lot of people, obviously, uh, you can go to celebrationintheoaks.com and it gives you kind of all the, all the information and the way you buy tickets and the pricing um, uh, 
and the uh, the route and uh, you know the uh, your opportunities for a day and a time that you can uh, you can go. So we are actually super excited about this. And um, as mentioned before, Celebration of the Oaks is obviously a wonderful holiday experience, and that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that we do the event is to give people a great opportunity to enjoy the holiday. And this year with so many restrictions on gathering and that, it's a great place for the family to come and get in the Christmas spirit and see lights and uh, see uh, see the attractions. Uh, but it's also a significant part of the revenue that the park generates in the entire year, it happens in this 30 days. Um, so if you want to support the park, um, this is a great way to do it. It's a great way for you and your family to come and get in the holiday spirit and experience the light show and also know uh, that, uh, that you are supporting uh, financially City Park. So um, for those that are familiar with the, the typical celebration in the Oaks, are there going to be some some favorites um, in this version. And I, I saw too, you have a, a new uh, feature, a, a salute to medical personnel. Yeah, we have a number of, um, uh, of exhibits that people will recognize from the walking tour that we've repurposed into a driving tour mode. But we also have a bunch of new things that we put up specifically for the driving tour. There's a number of beautiful light bridges and um, arbors that we've built with RGB lighting that allows the lights to change. And um, they're uh, located along uh, the tour. We have um, a, a salute to healthcare workers, as you mentioned. We have a giant um, uh, riverboat that um, is, is, on the, is on the route. We um, uh, also have uh, a, a 25 foot tall whale that <laughs> is on the route. So that's, is that just and, like from um, Storyland, right? I remember you, that. It, a, a number of these, yeah, a number of these you would, uh, you you would have smaller versions, you know, that might be on the walking tour. These are the, these are big versions for the, <laughs> um, you know, for the for the driving tour. Uh, obviously, the scale is different, so you're in your car, so you need, you know, you need bigger versions of that, and some people may remember the whole series of dinosaurs that um, that we oh, had yeah. many years ago. We, we brought them back. They're there, um, hidden and part of the driving tour to make it, uh, make it exciting. Um, so I think uh, you will recognize some, uh, some of the exhibits, uh, um, but others um, are, are totally brand new. And um, as an add-on to the driving tour, you can choose to decide to take a train ride. Um, now, the, the uh, Carousel Gardens is not open. The amusement rides are not open, but the train is open. And so you can choose to add on a train ride, and you can go through celebration and then park your car, go into the amusement park to the train depot, take a train ride around the park, which also has lights um, associated with it. So you can really make a full evening of it. That's exciting. Um, so, so, let, so a little bit kind of like a little behind the scenes, what goes into making this happen every year? When do you guys start the process? Well, we have a, a full-time crew. I mean, that 
um, is involved in making the displays. We make uh, virtually all of our own displays here. And uh, so they, they are year round, but we begin normally putting up the, the displays in August. And um, we started a little earlier this year because we knew we were doing a driving tour. And it's obviously it's a little more difficult to hang things in the trees, um, displays in, in the trees and rig up the wiring necessary uh, for that than it is if you were putting them on the ground you know, and, as part of a walking tour. So we started a little earlier um, and we have a four person crew that works full time uh, on this. And then during this period of time when we, when we were putting up all the exhibits, uh, uh, we have other parts of our staff that help them and supplement them uh, to make sure that uh, we get uh, everything else. And then, you know, just putting on the event is a, uh, is a task um, in which you have uh, security and people to direct traffic and people to take tickets and people to, you know, scan your, uh, you know, scan your registration and those sorts of things. So really, uh, you know, for us, when we get down to this point, when Thanksgiving starts and we go through the holiday season, the end of December, it's all hands on deck for us. And uh, it's virtually every part of the organization plays some significant role. Again, whether it's our police department or our finance department or our special events de uh, department um, uh, or our people in the amusement park that run the train and that it's, uh, you know, it's an all hands deck venture. Well, so like you said, during the pandemic, the parks in our city have become even more important and they're definitely getting a lot of use. And I know there was times early on that it hit about five o'clock and it was crazy in the park. Everybody was there. Um, so they, they've definitely been important. And um, I know my family's excited to head out to, to the new version this year, but there's can you talk a little bit there is there other ways to support the park if people are go through and they go you know what this is this is just really something i want to to really support um you had mentioned that there's a, some volunteer opportunities are there what other ways can people support the support the park well uh, well there are a variety of ways obviously you can uh, join the Friends of City Park. The Friends of City Park are our support organization. They're a membership-based organization, and throughout the course of the year, they hold various events, and their members get discounts on uh, different um, different aspects of the park, where, whether it would be a bucket of balls at the driving range or admission to the garden or those sorts of things. So it's a great organization, and they also provide a lot of volunteers for us for the various events and activities that we hold. You can volunteer uh, directly uh, without joining the, the Friends. You can volunteer um, and you can go to the Friends website and actually the Parks website has a, has a, uh, a designation space where you can sign up to volunteer to come into the park to uh, help us plant plants or to help us uh, remove uh, in, uh, invasive species or to help us take care of the lagoon edge or uh, just a, a lot of opportunity to uh, to help the park in that way. You, you can also obviously donate to, to the park. Um, we have a, a, a robust group of people who are, uh, donate to the park every year. If you go to neworleanscitypark.com, 
you'll see how to donate. And at this time, uh, almost more than ever before, you know, donations from individuals and companies uh, and foundations are deeply appreciated, and they're very, very essential to um, to making up the revenue that we don't have at this at, at this time of year. Um, and then you can just be an advocate for the park. You know, when you go to whatever events that you you can go to this year, or you have discussions with community leaders, or legislative members, you can tell them, you know, how much you love the park and how much you hope they can support the park. And um, that is, uh, you know, that is a very powerful thing um, that uh, people can do to help us. Well, I think that's wonderful. We're actually I'm about to go and have lunch at Fillmore in the Oaks. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah, so um, that's got some yeah. great outdoor seating. I'll throw that out there for people. I've met my parents who are on the North Shore. I've met them down there a few times um, to have some little outdoor family gathering. Um, yeah, but well, I'm glad you brought that up, Kim, because a Fillmore in the Oaks is the restaurant in the golf course clubhouse off of Fillmore. And question I'm asked all the time, do you have to be a golfer to go have lunch? No, you don't. Um, you, can, you can have lunch there um, without being a, a golfer. And it's a beautiful, as you mentioned, it's a beautiful setting. And you can sit outside and, and look at the golf course and that. So it's a, it's a, that's another great way to support the park. Awesome. Well, I'm, I was very excited to have you on here. And, and, um, I, and we're very excited about Celebration in the Oaks. And thank you for everything you've been doing to keep keep this gem alive for our city and we're there all the time so <laughs> I really appreciate it it's been a lifesaver and a sanity saver during this time for so many people to get out so yeah, well well thank you so much and, and uh, you know and it's it's important for our staff and the board members who work so hard um, to keep this park um, beautiful for, and operating for the people of our state um, and it's uh, it's always nice to be a, a appreciated, and uh, we get a lot of comments from people who who appreciate the effort that they make, and they and they uh, they help uh, obviously as well in the ways that I've previously described. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Keep us posted on what's going on, um, and yeah, have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.